This Moment Outdoors is brought to you by L.L. Bean, official partner of the National Park Foundation for the Find Your Park movement. We talk about our full-time travels every week here on the show as parents. But what is it like from a kid's perspective? Parking can be expensive in any big city. We've got a big tip for saving some cash when you're finding that parking spot. And as we look for our new RV, we've got some insights on the buying process fresh in our minds as we dot the I's and cross the T's on our new travel trailer purchase. This is RV Miles. Welcome to episode 97 of RV Miles. I'm Jason. And I'm Jackson. And you might notice that that's not Abby. I'll get to that in a minute. But we are a family of full-time travelers. Abby, myself. Our boys, Jack, Ethan, and Henry, crisscrossing North well, America. I'm not, Hen- I'm, not, I'm not Henry, but I'm Jack. I said, that's me. I should have said, that's me <laughs> when he said Jack, not when he said Henry. Crisscrossing North America in our converted school bus, soon to not be. Each week, we talk about all things RV and outdoors, from travel destinations to gear, industry news, our national parks, and a whole lot more. We have delayed this episode as much as possible. Abby's voice is absolutely non-existent right now. She can barely whisper. Yeah. We've all had a little bit of illness going around and her voice, we've been, we've been trying to nurse it and trying to get it better, but it's actually just getting worse. Yeah. So last minute here, Jack is going to pitch in for at least a couple segments of this episode. And he's going to talk a little bit about some things that are, I think, important to him as we yeah. travel on the road as a full-time that. family. We're in Knoxville, Tennessee this week. We're back in the Knoxville area. We have just finished our car trip where we drove in our minivan. Yeah, uh, that was fun. Across most of North Carolina, right? Yeah, that was that was really fun. We but went to uh, my, my friends. Been, your friends. Yeah, I haven't seen them in three years, so that was that was pretty fun. We went to Raleigh. Or his oh yeah, Ro- Raleigh. Raleigh. Raleigh was awesome. Raleigh, North Carolina. Then we yeah. went to Chapel Hill. That was also awesome. The university campuses there, of course, and then Durham. That was also. Awesome. And then we stayed at a, we stayed in a cabin for a couple nights. But yeah, that was, that was the fun. Western border of North Carolina. Yeah, we're in, we're in Jellystone. That was pretty fun. Yeah. You've had a good time, right? Yeah, I've had a great time. <laughs> really great time. We're going to talk about all of our different experiences in those different areas on future episodes. But Jack, yeah. what, what was your favorite time in, in okay, our but little North Carolina before, before we do this, I'm going to plug in my YouTube channel. <laughs> It's Bubba's. Bubba's is his nickname. Yeah, just, just, we'll just, link to it in the show notes. Yeah, link okay. to it, please. I need, I need. <laughs> All right, anyways, what, what were you saying? 
I said, what was your favorite part of our North Carolina trip? I think uh, that that's pretty obvious, actually. I, I liked visiting my friends more than all those combined. You haven't seen your friend Steven in a long time. Yeah, I haven't seen him in such a long time. <laughs> We're going to get to that in a minute. We're going to talk about Jack as a full-time kid on the road. And uh, and we're going to learn about his feelings about being a full-timer in just a minute. Hey, for weeks you've heard us talking about our favorite organizational app for all things RV, Togo. Togo has created an ecosystem of offerings that completely digitize the RV operational experience. Checklists, how-to guides, instructional videos, and more, all designed by RVers for RVers. And if you didn't catch episode 91, the best internet option on the road, check it out to hear about their brand new all-in-one internet connectivity kit, Togo Roadlink. With state-of-the-art hardware, Roadlink C2 is a powerful Wi-Fi booster combined with a 4G LTE antenna a small all-in-one dome that easily installs on the roof of your RV and can be controlled by an app instead of a clunky portal. If that's not enough, Roadlink has joined forces with AT&T to offer unlimited 4G LTE data, real unlimited 4G LTE data, specifically for RVers. Whether you're a full-time traveler or a weekend warrior, Togo is designed to make your life easier. Simplify your travel experience and download the Togo app, spelled T-O-G-O, in the U.S. Apple Store or Google Play. An RV that runs with Togo enjoys more miles with less trials. It's time for the answer to last week's brain teaser, teaser. which went like this. There's a fire in a building. They need exactly seven quarts of water to put it out. Don't worry about why, because that makes no sense whatsoever. But, you know, it's a brain teaser. So we suspend disbelief here a bit. A man goes out to the river with the only two buckets they have, a five-quart bucket and a three-quart bucket. The buckets are not see-through, and they have no level indicator markings. How does the man get exactly seven quarts? of water from a five-quart bucket and a three-quart bucket? You know, I don't know the answer because you, you got to think outside the box for an answer, but the logical answer would be bring a marker and then mark the ends of the bucket. Well, that's a good idea, but he doesn't know exactly where. And there's a fire. Just, just, he's just, he's got to get the fire out. You take, take you know, the time to measure. Right. You know, you just, just grab both of them. No. What does he do? (laughs) The man takes the five-quart bucket and fills it up. Then he dumps the water into the three-quart bucket. Then he dumps the three-quart bucket back into the river, right? That is way too complex. (laughs) He then dumps what's left in the five-quart bucket, which is two quarts. So he's got two quarts left in the five-quart bucket now. Then he dumps that into the three-quart bucket, right? Then he fills up the five-quart bucket again. Both buckets now total seven quarts, five quarts in the five quart bucket and two quarts. How how does he know? Three quart bucket. How does he know how much quarts he has? Because he he knows that the he knows the buckets are five quart and three quart. That's all he knows. He knows that if he can subtract the three quart bucket from the five quart, and then Mm -hmm. add five more quarts, he's got seven. 
Okay, that's really confusing. That's the most <laughs> out of the box answer ever. I would never think that. Our winner this week is Pete W. from Florida. Pete, Pete will receive a Not All Who Wonder Our Lost t-shirt, which you might have a chance to win yours if you get the brain teaser answer later in the show. Also, also, Pete, how did you think that up? We got a lot of right answers this week. All right. So on this segment, we wanted to talk with Jack a little bit here about his life as a child. What what his experience has been as a as a full-time child on the road because Abby and I sit here and we talk quite a bit about our experiences living full-time in an RV. And uh, I think the perspective from a kid growing up might be a little bit different. And yep. I thought Jack would be excellent at telling us about that. So Jack, let's start off by talking about how you felt when we first said that we were going to travel full-time in a converted school bus. Well, remember, we were going to do it in a car at, at first, remember? We were going to do a lot of car traveling, but yeah. we weren't going to be full-time in a car. Don't get me wrong. I was like seven, but every time we postponed that trip, I would be we really had, sad. We had planned a big cross-country road trip. We yeah. were going to travel from Chicago, where we live full-time. And that, that turned full-time. I, I don't remember exactly when you told us we were going to travel full time. That big trip was going to take us all the way over to Yellowstone and back and a lot of yeah. stuff along the way. And we had to cancel it that summer that we were going to do it. But then we bought the bus. Yeah. So what did you think about moving into a bus? Uh, at first I was kind of, you know, I was kind of, eh, but I just go with it. I just go with the flow. <laughs> you know, don't get me wrong on the, on the last few days, I, I felt remarkably like uncomfortable, you know, because like everything was starting to go like me and Ethan were having to sleep with our mattresses on the floor because we don't have the bunk anymore. We're using the computer on the floor. We had sold our, all of our furniture. Yeah, we sold like everything. We had to play Minecraft on the floor. <laughs> so- <laughs> we did everything on the floor. <laughs> when we when we finally got into the bus, though, we, we started staying... By staying in the Chicago area for yeah. a little bit. What yeah. were your first thoughts? Now, the Chicago area, I started with Wi-Fi, okay? And then, and then without Wi-Fi, it started getting really stressful. <laughs> and then, you know, and I, and I know I act like a total 2010 kid right now, but I mean, it, it was stressful. <laughs> I mean, I got in over it after a while. It, so it was it was difficult for you. To not be able to talk to friends as easily, yeah, over, the, the over part, Wi-Fi, yeah, the friend, the friends thing just just got me really stressed out, you know, because you know it was kind of starting to feel like the same thing over and over again. Go to another campground, go to another campground, visit a national park. There was just no nobody I could talk to about it. It was it was kind of hard, but lately we've been in the area of more friends and more people that we can meet and you know kids at campgrounds and that's really fun and the fact that there's no wi-fi kind of opens your mind to do other stuff you know yeah so what kind of things do you like to do when there's no wi-fi available uh i like to draw a lot play outside try meet new people at a at a campground maybe go to the park if there is one i should say jack how old are you I'm 11. But everybody knows how old Jack is. Jack is our oldest. I'm going to be 12 in and like three months. In a few months. 
His his brother Henry is five, and his brother Ethan is eight. So Jack, you were homeschooled before. Yeah. We moved into the bus. I was you actually went to, you went to a regular school. I, I for was a while. the only kid in our family that was. You went up to yeah. first grade in yeah. in a Chicago public school, oh, and then oh, you were oh, yeah. homeschooled mm-hmm. after that. Yeah. How is homeschooling different on the road than when we were in an apartment? It's different in the apartment because in an apartment I had to do more school schooling but now the travels are basically school of course I'll do the work books and all that additionally but the homeschool thing was kind of you know the homeschool thing at the house was kind of do workbooks and earn stuff and so now the places we go is part of your schooling and that's, yeah. and that's part of the experience is yeah. hands-on. And- a lot of other things have helped me learn as well. Like, like I, I, I watch a couple like educational YouTube channels and where are some of the places that we've gone that have been your favorites? I really like the Zion white sands, fish, like you know, the usual, the one I tell you all the time. So Zion, was- Zion national park. Yeah. That was awesome. White sands national park. Yep. Mm-hmm. And Fish Lake Beach, which yeah. is a, which is a campground outside yes. of campground. Chicago, is one of the first campgrounds that we. It stayed was at. the first campground we stayed. At, well, actually. it wasn't the very first. It wasn't the very first, but it was the first one we did full time. Yeah. Yeah. We're now almost three years into this. Yeah, that's it's crazy. How do you feel? I feel I feel great. I feel like it's way better than I expected it to be. The thing I enjoy the most about it is all the new stuff you get to experience you know all the things you can revisit or visit all all the stuff that you could never do when you would be at home and your parents would have a job or something you know that all the stuff you couldn't do you get to do and i think that's really fun what are some of the the biggest difficulties the biggest difficulties were no Wi-Fi. <laughs> Wi-Fi is, is a challenge, but outside and then, of, and then, and then there that. was also the Brens thing. But out, out outside of that, um, difficulties are having to like travel for eight hours to just to get to another place. But along the friends front, so you you have friends that yeah. you talk to online quite a yeah. bit. Yeah. You have friends that were friends in Chicago. Yeah, um, I can that you talk to a bit and, and those are friends that don't live in Chicago anymore. Yeah. Either. So we just stayed with your friend, Steven yeah. recently, and we've gone up to your friend, Nate in Wisconsin. Yeah. And so we wouldn't have there, been actually. able to visit those friends as easily if we lived in Chicago. Yeah. But the trade-off is that you're not in one place where you're meeting Another people th- and hanging out with them every week, but you're meeting new people in some of the places. If I was in a house, I'd probably never be able to like see Stephen ever again, mm-hmm. which is like, which is also another thing that's great about the being able to do things you weren't able to do before. But so, yeah. So we're in the middle of transitioning from our bus to an RV to to a, and a travel. The trailer. RV we're thinking about buying looks great. Yeah, we're not we're not revealing what that is yet, but. Jack has seen it and, and gave his, his seal so of approval. I love it so much. I love it so much. So are you are you comfortable with the transition that we're about to make from the yeah, bus? Yeah, it's going to be pretty similar to the bus, to be honest. As much as I love the bus and all the effort we put into it, 
you know, I also, I also in my back of the head always like wonder what it'd be like, maybe even just for a few days, what it'd be like to be in an RV. I just, I, I kind of always wonder that in the back of my head because they all look so comfy, all that leather and all that luxurious <laughs> cabinets and the, and the furnaces and all the bunk beds. So the, those are like, man, I wonder what happened if it wasn't like so homemade and i'm not saying that in a bad way i like the bus being homemade that that's pretty cool but i kind of wonder in the back of my head what if it was just a normal rv I'm, i just wonder for like what if i just tried that for a few days but now we're gonna start actually we're gonna doing find it out. we're gonna find out yeah all right jack what do you have to say to wrap this up do you have any other any words of wisdom for people words of wisdom for for kids that are if if a kid is listening that is about to you you'll get through no get Wi-Fi. Overrun. You'll get you'll get through no Wi-Fi. <laughs> <laughs> you'll make it. Yeah, you'll make it. <laughs> you'll make it. Don't worry. <laughs> All right, Jack. Thank you so much for joining us this week. You're on the very podcast. welcome. We'll have you back soon. Yeah, probably. <laughs> Thanks, <Don't> buddy. <laughs> You're welcome. Folks, if you're looking for a new pair of sunglasses, and you know, I always am because I sit on them, I lose them, I drop them in the lake, you wanna check out Shady Rays. Shady Rays produces premium sunglasses without the premium price. I'll hold their quality up against some of the best well-known brands out there, and they last. And you know what? Even if they don't, Shady Rays will replace your sunglasses no matter what you do to them. You sit on them, you break them, you leave them on a train, you forget about them, Shady Rays is going to replace them for just a small shipping and handling fee. And their styles are fantastic. I have a wood grain design that I absolutely love. Abby travels around with her aviators. She's a big aviator fan. And you can get some really neat designs and you can get them for cheap. Prices start at just $45. And RV Miles listeners can score two or more shades for 50% off the total price. It's basically two pairs for the price of one. Or if you want to get more than two pairs, it's even cheaper. Just visit ShadyRays.com and use the promo code RV to save 50% off your order of two or more sunglasses. That's ShadyRays.com and use the promo code RV to get some sweet Shady Rays sunglasses today. All right. Thanks again, folks, for bearing with me as Abby has this episode off with her non-existent voice. I've sent Jack off to bed for the night, burning the midnight oil here, just you and me. So I thought I'd talk a little bit here, a bit about our process buying our new RV. Now, we've, we've made a tentative decision on the RV that we're going to buy. We've actually put a deposit down on it. We haven't completed the sales agreement and all that sort of stuff. So I'm not going to say what it is yet. And I don't want to do that without Abby here anyway. But I did want to talk a little bit about our process and what it's been like for us now that it's fresh in our heads to go out and shop for an RV. This isn't our first time shopping. Um, before we bought the bus, we did 
uh, quite a bit of shopping for the RV and I've owned RVs in the past, but the world has changed quite a bit. And a lot of people listening might be interested in going out and shopping for a new RV. So I thought I'd give you a few of my insights and in, in what I've noticed. To start with, new RVs were not on our radar whatsoever. Our plan was to buy a used RV. And you'll hear from a lot of people that new RVs have issues. That is extremely rare for a brand new RV to not need warranty work because they build these fast, they build them cheap, and they crank them out. And new RVs always need work. We've heard it time and time again from many of our friends, from many fellow RVers at campgrounds. And some people end up spending six, seven months with their RV in service base throughout the first year of ownership. And that's really unfortunate. It's rare, but it's not rare enough. So that warranty that you get, that one year warranty, or sometimes it's a little bit more than that, is something that you got to watch out for. That's something you can't count on. You know, you can't say, well, I'm going to buy a new RV because I want to have a warranty on it. Well, that warranty is only there because it's going to need warranty work. And it can be difficult to get that warranty service. We've talked with people again, time and time again, about the issues in getting service done on their RV, especially warranty service, because service departments are so backed up that a lot of dealerships are only servicing RVs that were purchased at that dealership. So if you're halfway across the country and you need service on your RV, you might be waiting, uh, especially if it's warranty service, because the manufacturers of these RVs really pay cut rate prices for warranty work. And dealerships are reluctant to do that work because they're not making any money off of it. They're going to make more money off of taking a different RV that's not under warranty. So you can almost not count on using your warranty at all. That's something really important to consider when you're buying an RV because a lot of people think I'm going to get that new RV. I want that warranty. And a lot of people will tell you, hey, no, get one a couple years old because those people that bought that RV have gone through that. They have done the work and now they're selling it. That was on our mind heavily. We wanted to buy a used RV, not only because of that, but because we know RVs depreciate very quickly and we wanted to save a little bit of money and we're fine with something that's been used by other people. That's not a big deal to us. So we thought we'd get one a couple years old. I have to tell you though, our minds quickly changed as I think a lot of people do when you go shopping, because then you realize some of the other factors that come in to the buying process. And the first foremost of those for us is finding the right floor plan. And you know, floor plan has nothing to do with the quality of the RV. Of course, the quality of the RV is, is paramount, but floor plan is very important to us as people that are full-time living on the road with three kids. We want to make sure that the floor plan works for us. So we're looking for a travel trailer, whether it's a fifth wheel or conventional travel trailer in our budget that has a bunk room for three kids. Now some have quad bunks, so there's four bunk beds. And sometimes those bunks, uh, they're 
three are used and the fourth is a dinette. That's perfect for us. So the kids have a little homeschool space there. Sometimes it's a dual bunk. A lot of the bunk houses out there, it's very hard to search for a bunk house because you just get inundated with two bunk bunk houses. And when you need more than two bunks, you need it to be a bunk room. It's it's very difficult to narrow some of those online searches to to an actual bunk room. And we wanted we didn't want to be too long. We wanted it to have some counter space. We wanted to have a good amount of storage. We weren't so concerned with things like an outside kitchen. We'd rather have the storage space that gets replaced with that stuff. There are many different considerations that go into this. So there aren't a lot of bunk room travel trailers in our price range. They exist, but actually, and a lot of brands make them, but actually going out and finding them used a couple of years old is kind of difficult. We weren't able to find that many that existed for us to purchase used. And the ones that we were able to find, you know, 2017, 2016 used weren't much cheaper than the new ones. So that's the second lesson here that we're learning. Dealers really do sometimes have incentives to sell new RVs cheaply, especially if they're planning on putting new ones on the lot. They're getting rid of the old model year. All that stuff that you've heard before about get the 2019s when the 2020s are coming in, it's all true, uh, especially this year. The tariff issues that are happening, uh, and I don't want to get into anything political about that, but tariffs have been issued by the U.S. government on products from different countries, and that is very visibly increasing the price of the 2020 RVs out there. So you look at a 2019 RV and there is a a good, good difference in the price, but there's motivation for dealers to get those used RVs off the lot. And you might get the same deal on a new RV that you get on a used one. The depreciation isn't always going to be as much of a factor as you think it would be, especially in sort of the price range we're looking at. And I'll be real honest, you know, we're looking on the lower end. If you're looking in a, at a $60,000, $70,000 RV, depreciation is going to make a bigger difference. But if you're looking into the twenty dollars to $30,000 travel trailer range, the depreciation actually isn't as great as, as you think it is. Maybe it's the same percentage, but of course the dollar amount has decreased quite a bit. So we have found that there is a big attraction to some of those new RVs. Now, of course, there's the stuff that's scary about the quality of the construction. But I will also say, as we're traveling around looking at different used RVs, we're seeing issues with a lot of the used RVs as well. And those issues are with the way people take care of them. So new RVs might have issues with the way they're constructed. Used RVs might have issues with the way their previous owner took care of it. Did they seal the roof every year? Did they at least get up and inspect it and make sure everything is okay and seal any peeling off caulk, anything like that? Did they keep their slides lubed? And did they keep just everything maintenance in an order? That stuff is incredibly important. 
there are quality issues in this industry. There are big quality issues in this industry, but there is a lot of stuff that is on the shoulders of the RV owners as well, who are not maintaining their RVs like they should be. And you're going to find that in a lot of used RVs as well. So there's a trade-off. It's a challenge to figure that out. It's a challenge to know. It's difficult to find some of that stuff. I think either way, you have to be prepared to make repairs. So all of that played into our process. A couple other things we've learned. Different dealerships have different methods of selling you RVs. Uh, can be completely different methods. There are dealerships that will show you a cut rate price right away. You know, a lot of times we think the dealer is giving us an overpriced number that we're supposed to negotiate down. Sometimes the dealer is going to show you a cut rate price and that's their incentive to get you in the door. They know you're searching RV trader for pricing. They know that you're looking online, you're looking in their ads, you're, you're figuring out where you're going to go to buy your RV and you see that dealership has the lowest prices and you go there. Well, that dealer is going to have the highest fees, mandatory fees, they would call them for prep dealer prep fees. And that's where the dealer comes in and they make sure that everything is in working order. They go through it with a fine tooth comb. They detail it. They make sure everything is working to the best of their ability. Now, that's something that is on the shoulders of every RV dealer out there. Some of them are going to charge you more for it. Some of them are going to charge you nothing for it. Regardless, you're paying for it. Those dealers that are charging you more money for the RV have folded into the price. Those dealers that are charging you less money for the RV are going to try to get more out of you on that end. It's going to include installing the battery. It's going to include your walkthrough. It's going to include filling your propane tanks. All stuff that your dealer should be doing. It's just some dealers are giving you that pricing after the fact. And it can feel really expensive. And some of them are folding it into the price. Another thing that we have realized is that different dealers have completely different lineups of of RVs, different dealers work with different companies, of course, different manufacturers, but you can't just choose. If you really want a specific brand, you want a specific floor plan. And I truly believe that brand is more important than dealer, right? The brand you buy, the quality of that brand is more important than the dealer you buy it from. It's very difficult to pick a dealer like a dealer, stay with a dealer because they're only going to have a limited number of brands and you need to go out and find the brand you want, the layout that you want, the year that you want at wherever it is. And that might be a private party. That might be a dealer. That might be a dealer across the country, but brand is more important than dealer to me. And I think uh, once you get out there and shopping, you realize you got to go to a lot of different dealers to find what you want. Finally, I want to say a bit about the sales tactics at the dealership beyond the pricing. Some dealers are going to let you go out and walk the lot and look at all the different RVs. You walk in them. 
They usually you usually can't drive through the lot like you might at a car dealership. Usually you have to go through a gated area. Some dealers are going to let you walk into all those RVs on your own and have a no pressure experience where you can talk to a salesperson later if you want to. Some dealers are only going to take you out there with a dealer. So you might sit down with them at a table and tell them what you're looking for and they're going to go out and show them to you. And I'm going to say we found merits in both of those situations. When you're left on your own to wander a massive RV lot, it's overwhelming. Especially say we're looking for a bunkhouse. Well, you've got to peek your head into all these different trailers to figure out whether it has a bunkhouse in it or not. If you're sitting with the dealer and you give the dealer the info that you want and they're going to sit you in a golf cart and take you around to find four or five trailers that they have on their lot that fit your needs, that's very convenient. But then, of course, you've got somebody with you trying to sell you something. I will say that the several dealers that we have gone to looking for our new RV, we have not felt pressured. We have not felt lied to. And we've gotten close to the buying point with a couple of dealers. We have felt like, you know, the dealer's trying to get the best deal, but we have not felt like anybody has been dishonest with us. And I know people have had issues with a dealer saying, oh yeah, your truck can tow this when it can't, things like that. We have had exactly the opposite experience where the dealer's like, now I want to make sure you have a truck that can tow this. I don't want to sell you this unless your truck can tow this RV. Let's talk about that and figure that out. And I I've, I've felt really comfortable with that. And I'm talking multiple dealers that we've we've dealt with here. So I know if people have had different experiences, but those dealers that are honest about that sort of stuff are out there. Wherever you go, you should be watching your back and expect to be sold to. But those dealers that are honest and want to help you out are out there. And if you're not with one, try to leave them and go to another one. Unless it's the floor plan you want and you have to have that one there, then just know that you got to figure out how to get around what that dealer wants to get what you want. So that's that's my sort of experience of the last couple of weeks. Actually, really the last week when we've been heavily, heavily searching. We're going to talk about it a little bit more when we finally tell you what our new RV is and the deal we worked out and where we got and all that sort of stuff when I've got Abby back and when we've signed on the dotted line. Hey folks, you know, we love our coolers from pelicancoolers.com. And I want to talk to you today about the 20 quart elite cooler. The 20 quart is a small cooler that is perfect for two people going out on a picnic, for taking your lunch, for putting in some cans of beverages, for just keeping a few things cold for your lunch. That 20 quart cooler is perfect, especially for the small RV out there. You get the same press and pull latches that all the other Pelican coolers have that make it bear proof. It comes in 18 different colors. It's got a built-in bottle opener, stainless steel hardware, 
non-skid and non-marking raised feet, molded in can holders. It's a tall and slender design that looks real sleek. It holds up to 15 cans at a two to one ice ratio. Made in the USA, guaranteed for life. And if you purchase from pelicancoolers.com slash RV miles, you get a free tumbler with any Pelican Cooler purchase. Pelicancoolers.com slash RV miles. It's time for Fresh Tank, Black Tank, the segment of the show where we talk about the things in the world that are happening right now in the RV world, in national parks, in our outdoor recreation industry, the stuff we love and this stuff we don't. And of course, without Abby here, you're just going to get my Black Tank and my Fresh Tank this week. And to start off, my Black Tank this week is overnight parking bans. I, you know, we, we here at RV miles, we are following press releases daily. We're getting updates on news releases from all over the country and we're getting alerts anytime a news story pops up about RVs and time and time again, we are getting more and more stories about overnight parking bans in cities and towns all across the country. And, and what it has a lot to do with is the homeless population. A lot of homeless people are are buying RVs. Uh, they're getting junker RVs that really should be going to landfills and aren't safe for living in. And that's a whole nother ball of wax. But there is a problem where homeless people are living in RVs and they are staying on the streets of all these towns and people don't seem to want them there. Now, of course... <laughs> To me, the alternative is, okay, that homeless person is just sleeping on the street instead of in an old RV, and how is that any better? Regardless, a lot of this is couched in in the homeless problem. But what a lot of it is, is the campground industry pushing for regulations to end overnight parking. And what I mean by overnight parking is staying overnight in a Walmart parking lot, staying overnight in a Cracker Barrel parking lot. That sort of stuff is ending in cities across the country. And there are other places where it's not ending. They're trying to end it and judges are stopping it. But the campground industry has been pushing hard on this. The Campground Association, the national association that that uh, many campgrounds are involved in, actually has draft legislation that they provide their members with and their members can take that to the city council and their municipality and try to get legislation passed to end any sorts of overnight camping. It's also a problem in places where it's very expensive to live like Silicon Valley, Mountain View, California, where Google is. You have people making over a hundred thousand dollars a year living on the street outside of the Google campus in their RV because that's the only place they can afford to live. Now, of course, a lot of people choose to live in RVs. We do, but some people don't, and some people are forced to, and that's that's really too bad. 
But what's worse is municipalities making it harder for those people to overnight. Of course, there are many, many problems with this across the country. There are people that park in a Walmart parking lot and make it their home and they're there for weeks at a time. There are lots of issues to be addressed with this, but there never seem to be addressed in any sort of nuanced way. So my black tank this week is laws that just blatantly ban overnight parking anywhere. On the positive side of things, though, my fresh tank this week is the impact that the RV industry is having on the U.S. economy. The RV industry has been rapidly growing in America, especially since you know, the market fell out in 2008. Lots of different RV manufacturers closed or were gobbled up by some of the big companies. It was a really difficult time, and the industry has been booming over the last few years, even though this last year has been a little bit of a bubble breaker. The industry is still huge, and it is providing an overall economic impact on the U.S. economy of $114 billion, supporting nearly 600,000 jobs. That is good old American manufacturing that is here and is staying here. And if it wants to continue to stay here, they got to continue to get better and better at the quality of construction of RVs. And I think that's happening. I, I really do think that the manufacturers are trying to improve quality. Nearly 25 million Americans take to the open roads each year in an RV. And they actually say the RV business has tripled in size since the Great Recession, as they call it, the Great Recession of 2008-2009. The industry has tripled in size. It's just really an incredible thing. Okay, it is time for our new brain teaser, which goes like this. At a recent visit to the reptile house at a local zoo, I counted a total of 27 heads and 70 feet. I was counting snakes, lizards, and people. I know that there were exactly twice as many lizards as people. So how many snakes did I count? And of course, to answer this, you also have to know how many people and lizards I count. So if you know the answer, send me an email at editor at rvmiles.com or on any of our social media that tells me how many snakes I counted, how many people I counted, and how many lizards I counted. And you might win a Not All Who Wonder Are Lost t-shirt, which you can also buy from the RV Miles store. We'll provide a link in the show notes. Hey, if you're looking to connect with other RVers and access tons of great resources and discounts, motorhomes, travel trailers, fifth wheels, bus conversions, and more, FMCA is here to enhance your RV lifestyle. For as little as $5 a month, you can travel with peace of mind knowing that FMCA has your back. Deals and discounts include RV insurance, roadside rescue, and tire savings programs. Plus their medical emergency and travel assistance program, it's included free. 
and members can purchase roadside assistance at a discounted group rate of $74 a year. And you can lock in that great rate for three years. Coverage is through Safe Ride RV Motor Club, which is FMCA's trusted roadside partner since 2014. It's available for the US and for Canada, and services include towing to the nearest repair center, fuel delivery, lockout service, tire change, battery boost, tech assistance, and more. You can even extend your coverage to additional family members living in your house and additional passenger vehicles that you might own. So check out the FMCA. I think you're really going to love it. Visit FMCA.com and use the code RVMILES19, all one word, to get $10 off your new membership or just click the link in the show notes. So in the last segment of the show, we often like to do an app recommendation or gear recommendation, something that's going to help make your RV life a little bit easier. And today I have an app recommendation, and uh, this is an app that we've used quite extensively. To set this up here, you know, one of the things people are often very concerned about when visiting big cities is parking. I think parking is something that keeps people away from big cities. I think people decide not to go to big cities because it is very stressful to find parking and it's very expensive to pay for parking. You might pay $47 a night in a big city for your overnight parking at a hotel if you wanted to do that sort of thing. So a lot of RVers, if they're if they're in a small RV, they wanna park their small RV. If they're, they're towing a towable, they wanna park their truck and it's a dually and you need a lot of room for it or if you're just parking your little tiny toad that you pull behind your motorhome whatever it is parking can be stressful in big cities and it can get expensive well something we learned about in our many years living in chicago is a great app called park whiz it's p-a-r-k-w-h-i-z i don't know how they do it but they get you incredibly cheap parking in big cities. So in Chicago, there are many parking garages that are maybe $30 a day, right? Or $30 for over four hours. And we would very often find those exact same parking lots for $11, for $15 on the ParkWiz app. So we used it all the time when we lived in Chicago. When we got on the road, we found that it was every bit as convenient to use the ParkWiz app in cities across the country. New Orleans parking, incredibly expensive. Little tiny lots. Go into the ParkWiz app, you open it up, you just search nearby or you search a certain location. You can even search for parking at an event. So say you're gonna go to a baseball game and you wanna check the parking around the stadium. You can do that. And it's gonna show you on a map the different locations that are available to ParkWiz customers and the different prices that are available. So you get to choose and you buy your parking and you've got it prepaid and you just show up and show the lot attendant the image on your app that's got a barcode on it and you're done. That's it. It's 
great. You save a ton of money using it. It's one of those little convenient things that, you know, you could forget about if you didn't have it with you. So check out the ParkWiz app. We're big fans of it. And I think you will be too if you have any interest in visiting big cities as you travel across the country. It's in some smaller ones too, some medium-sized cities as well. That's about it for this week's episode, everybody. Thanks so much for bearing with me without having my right-hand road warrior, Abigail, with me this week. It's It's been a challenge, but it's it's nice to be able to just sit here and talk directly to you. And it's been nice to have Jack on the show as well. He really enjoyed it. And I, I hope you I hope you will go and subscribe to his YouTube channel. It would make him extremely happy. For links to everything we talked about today, you can visit rvmiles.com slash 97 and find the show notes there. If you love the national parks, listen to us over on the America's National Parks podcast. That episode is also out late this week as well, and it'll be coming soon. Follow RV Miles as well on our personal travel blog, Our Wandering Family. You can check out our YouTube channel there as well. In any of our social media, you'll get the latest on our new truck purchase and our new RV purchase there. And visit us at ourwanderingfamily.com. I'd like to thank our sponsors, LL Bean, the FMCA, Shady Rays, PelicanCoolers.com, and Toko. And until next week, when I hope I have Abigail back by my side here, I'll see you on the road and keep logging those RV miles. Bye, everybody.